0: Welcome back to glass onion minute. This is the movie by minute podcast. We break down the second of the knives out mysteries glass onion. We do a one minute of screen time at a time. I am your returning host, Paul Francis Sullivan, but please I'm begging you to call me Sully. I am the host of the locked on MLB podcast. We talk about baseball all year long. I also previously hosted the Sully baseball podcast and for those of you who are in the movie-by-minute world, I was the creator and host of Bull Durham Minute, and I have contributed to a bunch of these, including the Knives Out group project. And this week, this is my second week of hosting shows. Fun to be back, but I have a new guest, mystery guest. Sign in, please.
1: <laughs> I am Professor Robert E. G. Black, uh, currently hosting Groundhog Day Project Minute-by-Minute. And then uh, non-movies by minute show, 50V20, which uh, my daughter and I are talking about LGBTQIA plus representation in pop culture with our various age differences making the conversation kind of interesting.
0: But it does sound like a fascinating podcast, so I would love to, to tell me the name of the, the show again. 50V20,
1: uh, 50 50
0: which VT- at the time oh. of this
1: recording, the first episode should be out next week. But right. by the time this is coming out, we should be quite a few episodes in.
0: All right, cool. Well, this episode, we're covering Minute 51. And Minute 51 begins with an iPad box-sized being thrown at Benoit <laughs> Blanc and ends with the metaphor of the glass onion being explained to a somewhat confused Miles Braun. Um, before we jump really cannonball into this particular episode here, um, just want to know, what is your what is your history with uh, with this movie? I mean, did you see it in the theaters? Did you watch it on Netflix? I
1: didn't, I didn't see it in the theater, but I did watch it as soon as it was on Netflix mm-hmm. because I saw Knives Out in the theater and loved it and participated in Knives Out Minute. And, it. and right. yeah, I was looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, I, and as I said, for those of you who listened to the previous minutes that I was in, I, I did not see it in the theater. Um, I did see it on the flicks. Uh, but, uh, again, I repeating myself a little bit, uh, I always, it's funny that this is a film that deals with the pandemic because Knives Out was the last film I saw before the pandemic Mm, and I saw it, uh, days before, you know, like, or just like a week and a half before lockdown. And I loved it. I saw it in a theater in Sacramento. I absolutely loved it. Um, and then I watched it a couple of times, you know, when I did the Knives Out Minute, um. It's one of the reasons why I think it became a hit. I'm repeating myself, but I think there are two main reasons why it was such a hit when it came out. Um, one is the sort of what I call the sixth sense uh, factor, which is it had repeat viewings. Yeah. People wanted to watch. People wanted to watch it, knowing what was really happening.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I
0: had a I had a blast rewatching Glass Onion, knowing what was really happening, you know, just who was doing what and what was doing, who really knew what and everything. It's so much fun to watch it again. Uh, And I think that, that helps its, uh, its popularity. And uh, again, I, the other thing, and I think this is no small reason, it's a movie for grownups that isn't heavy. Right. It's a, it's a, it's a mainstream Hollywood film that isn't saying to itself, how does this connect with, luke skywalker or spider-man it's like okay okay this is, this is a show for grown-ups thank you but it doesn't have to be serious it can still be fun yeah grown-ups like that even you can though tell it's that about to your daughter a murder, but it's fun <laughs> but you know the murders are fun
1: oh in movies yeah
0: isolate that would you please isolate that sound clip sound murders by, are right? fun <laughs> i you know i did i was an improv performer did tons of murder mysteries and they were always done with humor you know the mm, yeah. row the um, you know Columbo, the, uh, Murder She Wrote, Poker Face—they all deal with murder and they're all done with wit and humor. Yeah. You know this film is is, is practically a comedy. You know yeah, I would argue that it, Knives yeah. Out and as are comedies. You know that they they certainly they certainly dip their toe into the comedy. And the comic timing in in this scene alone is, is fantastic. But uh, yeah, let's 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 talk about this because this this particular scene shows um, is a first of all. I look this is a scene kind of scene that I like in this film, which is one reason why I think this film is successful. You have James Bond and someone and one of the Hulks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> one of the many Hulk. Um, and they're doing a scene, which is a dialogue scene, and they're they're, they're it's not relying on effects or anything. Like that. It's relying on two very talented actors clearly having fun. Yeah. And I love the very first moment because Daniel Craig, who is again very clearly having the time of his life playing this character. Yep. Uh, is in the middle of one of his pontifications. And it just a great moment that uh, Miles Edward Norton's character just throws the iPad at him, yeah, to sort of say, "You won. Shut up."
1: <laughs> You're angry. No, Blanc. I'm uh, just, you know, what the hell? That was not the simplest thing to set up. So it's it's fine. It doesn't matter. It just yeah, yeah it does. it's. I think it's also great in that it's, it's just a dialogue scene that we got what three of these minutes or this scene, but also when I'm just watching this moment over and over, I'm like, I love this set because for the crew, it is so good that so much of the lighting is part of the set because I can't (laughs) imagine Ah, the lighting crew getting out there. And I'm like, even the boom mic operator has to be so careful and the camera, like staying out of those reflections.
0: Yeah, everything that, in there
1: is reflective.
0: Yeah, and and you're right. If they if they hung if some of those lights uh, are used for the uh, um, you know being to light the scene and it gets in mm-hmm. the window, you could say, well, all right, it's a uh, it's one of the lights for the yes. Yeah, just it's like, like the, there's a
1: light the the little art piece on the table between them is has a light.
0: I would and imagine so nice practical lighting. It's great. I would imagine on a. Look at this is like, this is while it is not a Marvel or Star Wars film it's not a low budget movie you know no. this is, they obviously they hired movie stars they have elaborate sets you know i i would imagine that a film like this has access to some of the digital effects you can have to erase some of the things oh, yeah. you know i remember i read a thing that um when they were doing the, uh, the 1989 Tim Burton Batman that they were having issues with when Batman would come like down from the ceiling or there's a specific scene when they're in the um, the chemical uh, um, uh, the chemical waste plant where they where the Joker is created and there's a scene where Batman kind of like you know his wings come out and he comes down. they were having trouble hiding the wires until someone said, Wait a minute, Batman's using a wire. Yeah. I mean, if we see the wire, you could say, Well, yeah, he's he That's very good. We yeah. see that he shoots the wire, so it's not we don't have to worry so much about it. Like later when they did um uh Terminator two, when they had the famous shot of the, the, the motorcycle jumping over the uh the truck going down the, the, the dry riverbed in yeah. Los Angeles, uh Schwarzenegger was lowered on by a wire crane, and they use the digital technology to erase the wires. But uh, I would imagine if there was a light or two that clearly were a stage light, or there was a there was a, a, a crew member in the window, um, it would yeah. It be, helps uh, that
1: outside the windows is just black.
0: Yeah, exactly. So you you probably, that's probably you not the hardest uh, correction to make exactly. on something like this. Um, I, I want to throw just again, I Ryan Johnson does not strike me as anyone who does a detail by accident and he throws no. the the iPad obviously is to say yeah you won the iPad shut up but it's also it's so it's a symbolic gesture for the power that miles has which is i can get people to shut up by throwing yeah uh, by throwing them tech, gifts. i'm from technology and gifts and like i'm a tech guy and here's this just just shut up and do my bidding Here's your, here's your here's your, toy. Here's your trinket. And we will see again. We won't do spoilers until Friday. But uh, you know we'll see that. But again, as I said, if you're listening to this a minute at a time and you've got to this minute and you haven't watched the movie, go watch the movie. It's a good movie Then come back. <laughs> Why is well, this would be this a weird way don't... to
1: experience this movie. I know.
0: I know. In fact, time. I may do that. I may go because the, there's so many movie by minutes. You know i had a couple of guests on my bull durham podcast who had not seen bull durham before mm-hmm. i asked them to be on the show and they went to see it and then they then they had their thoughts but like i would like to just do a movie by minute they find a movie i've never seen do the movie by minute and then watch it now, okay that, i would love would be, to
1: do that but it's you know um, what? let's do it is i want to know whether the movie's good or not up
0: front no no that's not the i want to know my tone no, but there's, you know, I didn't always... maybe
1: sucks minute. I can complain minute by minute or I can love.
0: Well, but hey, it, but uh, what I'll say about that, and this is how I did when I did the Bull Durham minute, there was a couple of said I'm not a big fan of the film. I said, then fine. I'm not going to have you on the show. Oh. Uh, cause I, I think, and, and I've been asked to be part of podcasts cause I've been, I've been a guest on a lot of these. Yeah, I've been asked to be a guest on a couple of them uh, that I said, no, I'm actually not a fan of that movie. Uh, and mm-hmm. and I think that these type of podcasts should be a celebration of the movie. The only that's film bad. I ever did uh, guess uh, as a movie by minute uh, for a film I didn't like was Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh, that's uh, cool. And that's because I, I'm it's friends. It's part of a franchise. Yeah, and and fun I've fun. Been, I was on the previous three movies, and I've become friends with Jerry, Pete, and Tom on that show. Exactly. So I was like, all right, I'll do it. And I did crap on it. Because <laughs> it stinks, but um, th- that was the—that's the exception. Like there was, there was a co- someone doing. I think it was a John Hughes film. I don't remember. It was some '80s comedy that I said, Do "You what? I never liked that movie." Um, this is the minute where the—the the purpose, other than the reference to the Great Beatles song, the purpose of the—you know—the w- w- meaning of glass onion. Yeah. Um, I
1: hired Jillian Flynn to write the whole thing. Oh, she's quite good. She's goddamn expensive, is what she is. What am I supposed to do now? Play Yahtzee all weekend?
0: But of course, again, how did this film not get nominated for Best... Did it get nominated for Best Set Design? Best Art Direction? How is that possible it didn't? Because the the art direction here... I, I'll go to IMDb. I, I don't think it was nominated for Best Art Direction. The art direction is a character in the story. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, I and mean, the whole idea of... The glass onion, you know, it's, as he so beautifully says in in this in this speech, that it's uh, yeah I was nominated for one Oscar, one the screenplay. I mean, seriously, you're not going to nominate. I mean, like, look at. I understand we're supposed to nominate big set pieces and period pieces and everything like, but look at this. Even the chairs they're sitting on are see through.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I love sitting, those chairs. The
0: they look dangerous because there's
1: little glass panels in them also, but. Maybe it's plexiglass or something really strong that isn't
0: going to. Yeah. Play. But, but a I love
1: frame to sit on that doesn't even look like a chair at a glance.
0: I, yeah, and and there's so many things about it that are impractical, which again is a uh, a testament to the uh, uh, you know what me what makes it so. Okay, here are the nominations for production design. All right. Okay, I already have. I, all right, all right. I I already am calling BS on one of them. Okay. Okay, the one that won was All Quiet on the Western Front. I don't have a quarrel with that. They built them, the, the, the sets and the look of All Quiet on the Western Front was amazing. Okay, fine. Uh, Babylon, it's a period piece. Everyone goes head over heels over period pieces. It, Elvis, it also, it's production
1: design was awesome.
0: <laughs> right. Elvis, it's a Baz Luhrmann film. Baz Luhrmann yeah. films, the art direction is all visuals. Yeah, it's all okay. Here are the two that make me say, really? Okay, you have the Fablements. All right. They did period, period piece. piece houses. Fine. Also benefits
1: from being Hollywood.
0: It's Hollywood. It's Rick Ric- Carter, that. Is, you know, multiple Oscar winner. Okay. Avatar. Uh, was it rendered? Did they build sets? They built partial sets. Partial sets. I'm calling B.S. on Avatar and the Fablemans that the look at the creativity in this scene alone that and and later when and and we'll do in the the later minutes. I mean, actually, I
1: would say in defense of Avatar really quick.
0: uh,
1: um, Rendered sets still need production design and art direction. uh, They don't. It's not a war award for best sets.
0: All right. But I I get you. I'm sorry. I mean, they give it special effects. They yeah. they they create the tone. They create the. T- Imagine if this scene was done in a boardroom, or done on a patio.
1: Right. No,
0: it's done in this beautiful, weird set that reflects what was happening on the screen. Mm-hmm. And there was at no point in the Fablemans. By the way, I liked the Fablemans. I thought the Fablemans <laughs> was a good movie. Yeah. I thought the acting was great. There's parts where I cried at, there were parts I laughed at. The David Lynch cameo at the end is unbelievable. But you look at this and like it like you see like the 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 character motivations and themes being illustrated by the set, by this by the island.
1: Usually I say things are on the nose in a bad way, but it's so on the nose in a good way that maybe a lot of people just didn't notice it's i mean there's subtle stuff going on in the in yeah. these sets too
0: i don't know you know it the the set the everything's firing on all cylinders in this scene and the set decoration is is phenomenal um by the way there's it one of the reasons why this scene works for me is you know again two movie stars having fun edward norton is more than a movie star he's actually a really fine actor yeah. and uh, you know what he says? uh Like Ben Watson, what are the line? I've angered you, and he's nodding, and he actually nods and says no because he's yeah. you know he he can't show that he's, he's mad. He's
1: trying not to say. It. He's like no, I'm just. And then he can't, he can't even do that though. He's like what the hell?
0: <laughs> yeah. And then wait, who who did he say uh, made the road of Mr- Yeah, Julian Flynn. Yeah. And um what I love, and this this is again. A slight spoiler, but um, the, you see a lot about who Miles really is in that moment. Yeah. That it was he didn't create the mystery. Kind of like how he threw the, the, the iPad at Benoit. Yeah. He didn't create the mystery. Nope. He hired someone to do it. And Benoit's reaction is she's very good. And his reaction is She's really expensive. Mm-hmm. And so it, you know, he thought, like, oh, I'm giving you, a yes, you have, you have the right taste. So like, no, 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 I just threw money down the drain and I'm so used to my money getting me everything I wanted.
1: Well, it's, it's like the end of this when Ben was explaining the glass onion as a metaphor. I'm not sure if Miles understands it.
0: Oh, he doesn't understand a
1: thing. He has it just because it was the name of the bar. Yeah. He doesn't know what it means. Yeah. And, and, uh, and speaking of Jillian Flynn, there's also, I won't spoil it, but there is a link to her, like, Gone Girl has the kind of twist that this has.
0: Right. Yeah, he doesn't understand. And I love that he's like, you know, what are we supposed to do, play Yahtzee? <laughs> As if the idea of being on an island paradise playing games with right, your friends. Right, that's not good enough for a weekend. That's, like, that's not good if he has to put together the, the greatest thing anyone's ever seen. Mr. Braun, truth is, I, I, I ruined your game on purpose and for a very good reason. I'm sorry, what? I like the glass onion
1: as a metaphor, an object that seems densely layered, but in reality, the
0: center is in plain sight. Your relationship with these people may... Tell me your thoughts on the glass onion as a metaphor, because he this is the minute where he does say, you're, you're right that Miles thinks of it as and we'll get to this in a later minute but he just say oh it's the name of the bar. Yeah. You know, doesn't doesn't realize that this this shrine is actually um uh, illustrating
1: when even his his, his shrine is yeah. dense layers that he doesn't understand, which I'll get to more when we get downstairs to the where all his art collection is. But like he has chairs and things just to like impress people, yeah, and a giant glass top to his house because it's cool looking.
0: He doesn't well, this, get it. and uh, this, by the way, uh, uh, uh preview uh, minutes eighty six through ninety. I'm also hosting those minutes where we go through, um, really exposing some of the, uh the the problems with the mentality of most of the characters. But we're gonna see, and and this, I don't think this is spoiling much of anything right now. Um, and and we'll go into great detail in the next couple of minutes, but you'll see that most of the people there are great and celebrated for things on the surface. and there's not much beyond what's at the surface. Uh, in a previous scene, when they all get the boxes with the puzzles on it to, to have them to solve how to open it, um, I love two details about that. That it was uh, Dave Bautista's mom, yeah, who figured it out. They have all these yeah. geniuses. She and the knows mom's what like, things are. Yeah, yeah, uh, just do that. Like they were she's all flum- in the same room, it. and she's like, "Oh, that's yeah. this." That's yeah, they were flying so she didn't do that. They would still be all sitting in their houses trying to open up the box, and when Benoit was there uh who came there he made there's a throwaway line where he says oh someone with there was a box with some children's games on it yeah as if to say yeah that wasn't that hard and for everyone else they were treating it like it was uh the riddle of the sphinx you know and for people who actually know a few things, no let's just do this and this it's fine you got it and we're gonna see this whole idea of something that looks complicated or looks deep is actually very shallow. And the glass onion, as I said, it looks like it's many layers, but the what it is is there for all to see. In other words, it's not as complicated as you think.
1: And the part we think is shallow, all these people have a lot yeah. more to them.
0: Even if they and don't of course it. And of course <laughs> what, what game did Miles say? Did he say chess? No. Did he say something? He, Yahtzee. Yahtzee, <laughs> one of the
1: simplest games ever.
0: <laughs> one of the simplest games you just roll dice. But um, well, look at we're rolling some dice here. There's a lot of stuff that we could talk about. Uh we got we got a bunch of minutes to go through here, but I'm here with the professor. <laughs> um I, I want to just call you the professor if that's, that's Where are you a professor in, if you don't mind me asking?
1: Uh communication studies.
0: And where are you a professor at?
1: Uh, several schools, but it's the Los Angeles Community College District.
0: All right, cool. Um, uh, I have a master's in strategic communications nice. from Washington State University. I still don't know why, <laughs> um, but I'm actually earning master's number two right now in special education because I have nice. now a, I'm a special education teacher in a moderate severe classroom in a public high school.
1: Uh, the easiest way to follow anything I do is follow Lemming Drop Studio on Twitter or Lemming Drop Studio Tour on Facebook. But uh, look for on your podcatchers, Groundhog Day Project, Minute by Minute, or 50 v 20.
0: All right. And uh, I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. I'm the host of the Lockdown MLB podcast, where you can go back and find the old Bull Durham Minute. If you're going to be following this show, please, by all means, uh, listen, rate, Review, subscribe on all your podcasts and catchers. And you can follow us on Twitter at Glass Onion Min, all in one word. And tomorrow, we are going to be looking at minute 52 to see if Miles can actually figure out what Benoit Blanc is saying, not just because <laughs> of his accent, but also because of the content. This has been Glass Onion Minute.